welcome to Arcade Archaeology. I'm your host, Nick Clevenger, and I'm I'm joined by my graduate assistant, Luke Clevenger. Hello. Uh, hello. Yeah. So when my uh, brother asked me uh, to record a podcast with him, I initially said no. Uh, it sounds like some kind of nerd trash that I'm not into, but you know, he actually has a, an interesting idea. So I figured, hey, I'll throw him a bone. You know. It, be a good brother. Teach him a little thing once or twice. But uh, you know, I'm I'm here for the ride, Nick. What do, what are we what are, what are we doing on this show? Well, on this show in general, we're exploring malls and other uh, entertainment complexes, otherwise known as arcades. If you're interested in video games, uh, you're looking down the hall for a video game 302. Uh, on this episode, though, we're interested in. Opry Mills in Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm going to start out with a couple questions, Nick, because I'm I'm going in kind of raw here. All right, um, Mills. So this was Opry Mills Mall, and I'm I'm not looking at the rundown here because that's cheating. Mills Malls, uh, because I remember we had a Mills Mall in St. Louis. This was a chain in like the mid 2000s, right? It was supposed to yeah. revive malls as it was and nick i i don't know if our listeners are familiar with the st louis mills mall i would assume not but i would too uh the mills company didn't exactly end well did it no something about a real estate crisis yeah yeah i mean they're trying turns out they're trying to build things in 2007 2008 or thereabouts and eh, it's not gonna work is it no, it's it just uh, it didn't end well. Uh, now they were successfully broken up and sold to uh, Simon Property Group, who owns this mall now, uh, and most of its other locations, uh, which all almost all of them still have Mills in the name, so it's they're easy to find. Uh, they are. I think the St. Louis Mills is actually being renovated into a sports complex at this point, uh, but. A more interesting uh, Mills, though, is the Opryland right here because I it has an interesting history and it's in an interesting place. It it's in a very curious place, like just physically, because when they so we'll start back a little further. Mm-hmm. So, uh, nineteen seventy two, uh, the Grand Ole Opry and its uh, owner its show operator uh, a radio station in nashville uh decided hey look at look at astroland down there in houston you all know astroland yeah, yeah. uh classic uh, and the astrodome and the astrodomain well what if we instead of having a baseball stadium because nashville doesn't have a major league baseball team what if we do grand Ole opry as the centerpiece and replace this old old uh, decaying auditorium in downtown Nashville, and then they built the theme park next to it. Uh, which that that would be, is that Dolly World or is Opryland separate from Dolly World? Opryland is different. Okay, uh, and uh, Dolly Parton does kind of in unintentionally get involved later in uh the Opry story, but. 
We'll get to that if we get there. Okay, so it's nineteen seventy two, you said, and they decide uh in a very actually twenty twenty move, it's kind of something you see in a lot of you know, stadiums, concert venues anymore, which is we're gonna build a multi-use facility in 1972. We're going to have the Opryland. We're going to have a theme park. Uh, tell me a little bit about this 1972 theme park. Uh, Op- this, Opryland USA, yeah? Indeed, Opryland, U- Opryland USA. Uh, now, the park itself, as you would expect probably, it was centered around music. So you had a different uh, area of the park devoted to different types of music. So you had country music, rock and roll. I want to say they had a British invasion area, so it wasn't all American music, but there was also like a jazz area, etc. Dude, the jazz oh. area sounds like it'd be freaking awesome. And so does the British. Dude, I'm a rock guy. I don't think I want to visit the rock or country things, man. The jazz area and the British invasion area, that sounds now, cool. Now, I will say uh, a little bit of that I may have gotten confused with Hard Rock Park, which had a very similar, uh, let's take a theme park and make it about music vibe. Uh, and it went horribly wrong in the housing crisis, uh, coincidentally. Well, that's for another episode. Yeah. Um, anyway, Opryland USA. Opryland USA. So uh, it opened. It was profitable from the get-go. It was seasonal. Um, but uh, they built it out on the new uh, Briley Parkway, which was sort of a suburban uh, side of East Nashville. Um Kind of out by the airport, if you're looking at a map of Nashville, along the Cumberland River. So this plot of land that they built the Opry, uh, an absolute unit of a hotel, um, I believe, last I heard, it was like the 29th largest hotel in the world, and it's mm-hmm. attached to a mall and, and the Grand Ole Opry, for some reason. Yeah. Um, it, so it's bound on... It's bound by like very strict physical lines by mm-hmm. Briley Parkway on the east, the Cumberland River on the west, which we'll get to in a minute because that's actually very important. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the its own exit for Briley Parkway on the south. And then the, the hotel actually blocks in on the north end, the rest of the property. Yeah. So I'm looking at it on, on Google Maps right now. Right, so like you said, North End is the Grand Ole Opryland Resort and Convention Center, which is a behemoth. Uh, Briley Parkway, it, to kind of paint a picture for those of you listening, is it's a three lane uh, going either way. It's not quite an interstate, but it's uh, speed limit fifty five. Right, uh, yeah. it has its own exit. It's actually, I think it says it's State Highway one fifty five is what it is. Has That's its own inside. yeah, it says its own its own exit at the South End. And it's it is kind of locked in because you have it, it's a roughly triangular strip, right? So it can't expand north, it can't expand uh, east because the Bradley Parkway kind of bounds it in. And on the south end, it has its own exit. And the Grand Ole Opry in this property is kind of plopped into the middle of it a little awkwardly, I would say. Yeah, it didn't seem like they really thought through that the park would be a huge success and it kind of was um like i said it was profitable from year one and they they reserved a little area um it i don't particularly know where physically but they had reserved a little bit of area to expand and add another area themed area uh uh-huh. um but that was really it 
as far as expansion goes. And then you've already built this auditorium and you can't just, you know, pick it up and plop it, you know, to the west of the op- yeah. of the hotel where it might arguably work better. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the other thing, too, is it's not just any like it's not just any uh, auditorium either. It's the Grand Ole Opry. Right. Which is right. I can I can barely outside of like uh, like Carnegie Hall. Like I can barely think of Radio City Music Hall. Yeah, Red Rocks Amphitheater. Like there's barely any other more important amphitheater uh, or more important concert venues in the Grand Ole Opry in the United States. So like, I know they they built it in 1972, but I mean at that point it's like you can't just move that. The Grand Ole Opry is once it was a built, symbol it was set. Right. Yeah, there's nothing you can do with it except let it exist. And keep it up to date. So which it, it, they've done a good job. Of. So it was it was profitable. Um, it was profitable. Yeah. Um, which is 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 an accomplishment. I would like to point out for theme parks, right? Theme parks yes, at brand this new point. Theme parks. I, I mean, have... well, yes, they're very rarely profitable, especially from year one. Mm-hmm. But it was also in the like roller coaster renaissance. When you were starting to get a lot of regional amusement parks opening up, yeah. uh, which uh, just like uh, Astro World and the Astro Domain in Houston mm-hmm. um, was another example of that. Um, Kings Island is an example of that. Yeah. Um, Six Flags in St. Louis um, was a great example of that as well. Anyway, so it operated for. About 35 years. Uh, it closed in December of 1997. Um, and it was controversial when it did. Yeah, I, I would assume so because, I mean, it like you said, it was profitable, so it was popular. It's hard to make a profit with a theme park, right? Yes. Uh, extraordinarily hard. Like, don't let Disney or, or Cedar Mills fool you. And then also, I don't think there's another great park in Nashville and it's 19 minutes from downtown, 20 minutes from downtown. Well, uh, and it's it's even connected to downtown by a showboat. Yeah. On that is based there yeah. um, and has been for many years, I think. So, um, so they close it down in 1997. It's profitable. It's popular. It's controversial. Uh, even if you get a replacement, it's not going to be as as great of a location. Uh, is that when they transitioned to a mall? They they kind of closed it and were a little tight-lipped about what they were going to do with it. Um, but kind of by the next year, it, they had figured out that it was going to be a mall. And by 2000, uh, it had opened as the Opry Mills. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's basically, it's been the same bones since then. The layout hasn't really changed or anything. Um, obviously, the roster of stores has fluctuated with time. Um, entertainment has changed with time. Um, and it was closed for two years, um, from 2010 to 2012 as well, um, when the Cumberland River flooded. Okay. Because it's it sits on the Cumberland River. Yeah. And it there's it's right on the banks. Like, if you... If you park on the west side of the mall and instead of walk towards the mall, you walk away from the mall, 
at some point you'll just fall into the river. Yeah, I'm like like it is right on the river. It doesn't surprise me that it flooded at one point, which makes it more tragic because Nick, I think we should try and fo- like let's let's kind of paint the picture for those who have never been to a Mills Brand mall, what a Mills Brand mall is. Because when you think mall, you probably think of one of two things. You think of an old out-of-date thing that was built in the 1980s that sells neon for some reason. Or you think of that one thing that you went to that nobody goes to anymore. Mills malls were different, right? So when it opened in 2000, it would have been kind of a little revolutionary for its time. I'm not sure on the timeline of a lot of Mills malls, but when Mills Mall in St. Louis opened in 2004 or so, I'm just a guess it was like what are they doing right mills malls are designed to be weird and gaudy and bright at the same like all at the same time their architecture is all over the place um but at the same time though they're not just malls they want to become a tourist destination because like okay i'm gonna use the one in st louis as an example right the one in St. Louis had a go-kart track, a NASCAR speed park, as they called it. Uh, like, three go-kart tracks, indoors, outdoors, arcades. Uh, we had a large X Games skate park in the middle of it. Uh, there was one store that was literally just dedicated to slot car racing. We had uh, a glow-in-the-dark putt-putt in the middle of it. Movie theater attached, which isn't all that big anymore. I'm, like, it's not a shocking move like some of the others are. But... It's not just a mall. They say, hey, this is a huge, multifaceted entertainment venue. Yeah, well, that's what the Mills brand was sort of about. It was, uh, it was experience. It was experience rather than, oh, I need to go shopping. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to go to multiple stores, so let's go to the mall uh, like it was in the 70s. And it seems like it's the next logical step instead of, well, we'll have a Sears for an anchor and a Macy's for an anchor. What if instead of the Sears, we put in a NASCAR speed park, for example, or, you know, a massive, you know, 20 screen movie theater. Um, And then people go there and they spend instead of spending, you know, two or three hours looking around at whatever the shops you have, it's all right, we're going to go do we're going to see a movie. We're going to ride some go karts. We're going to eat dinner. And in between those, we're going to walk through and kind of, you know, buy some stuff occasionally um it's very similar to how uh i believe it's heathrow does their uh does their airport Mm -hmm. shopping it encourages shopping by uh putting your destination and your uh starting point from as far away from each other as possible and filling the rest from the shop with shops and encouraging you to loiter and buy. And things. it worked because when I was a kid and going to the St. Louis Mills, uh, and we'll get to the list of show list of stuff in the Opryland in a second, but it works though because when I was a kid, the cool place to hang out was you know I was I was an edgy punk, I was an edgy teenager, right? Uh, was the, was the hot topic at the uh, Mills Mall, uh, which actually closed last well, year. Rest in rest in peace. Um, but you would go there, and it was the cool place to go as a kid because it was like, oh, dude, mom's going to go shop, but I want to go skateboarding. I'm going to skateboard at the X Games uh, skate park, which is, no joke, a legit, incredible park. Oh, it was, it was, it was a great park. It was a tall yeah. park, too. Um, so it got you there, and it was the cool place to hang out, and like you'd go with your friends, and you'd have a good time. And 
this is what the Opryland was like, right? They don't just have your Nike Gap outlet and Nike outlet or Nike factory store, right? Which you would expect to find in mm-hmm. some of these malls. They had that, but they also have at the same time uh, an aquarium restaurant. They have a Madame Tussauds. They have a Lego store, which Lego store, it, at least in America, I don't know about in, in Europe or elsewhere, Lego stars are destinations um, in a lot of, oh, in, in a lot of places yeah. here. Uh, like, like people will drive hours to go to a Lego store. Well, you remember as a kid, we went, we drove to Chicago, right? Not for a Lego store, but at, for like a, it was called the discovery center. I think mm-hmm. where they just built some Legos and then had an attached Lego store. Yeah. They were big Legos, but you know. yeah. And people um, will do that for Lego stores. And I have to assume Nick that the Opryland was moderately successful in this because aquarium restaurant madame tussauds lego stores that's enough to get at least me interested in checking it out right well and it it helps that they have the opry there mm-hmm. and they, that um their hotel eventually uh after it opened added a convention center mm-hmm. um so you kind of have a captive audience in the convention center um, and then you have people who say, let's go to the Opry tonight. Um, so they go and then they make a night of it. So they go get dinner at the mall or they watch a movie and then go to the Opry or, uh, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that really it, works. It's, it works it's very it, well. Yeah. Well, and one of the things too, to keep in mind here, as we document kind of the rise and fall of the Opry Mills mall or the history of it, I should say. Like it, the, most of these malls, they just—they're not what they once were. Is the the Opry Events Center right? Which is the hotel. It's the convention center. Like you said, top thirty biggest in the world. It is massive. If you look off of the property, over at like north of the property of the Grand Ole Opry, basically, uh, it's enough to support. One, two, three, four extra hotels, golf and go-karts, five hotels, uh, a large strip mall. Like, it's good. It's big enough. The Opry is big enough to support not only this mall, but it's big enough to support all of these extra businesses around it. Well, I th- I think they also offer, offer golf on property as well. Um, it's semi-detached so they offer a shuttle service but i believe there's also a golf course uh yeah i'm looking um, at uh at uh, the two rivers golf course yep um so it's literally very successful at what it's trying to be which is uh kind of an all-inclusive resort destination a little bit um and the company that owns it is only half committed to this um which is odd to me um because it's clearly working yeah yeah because this is i mean it's still alive like the the amount of stuff that is still in uh the the opry mills mall while not quite the same anymore like it's weird going to mills i i can't properly put it into words um but right now though i mean if you want to go to a rainforest cafe post-COVID at least, the Rainforest Cafe, a Bass Pro Shop, which if you're not in America, 
Bass Pro Shops are absolute destinations, even if you've never hunted a day in your life like Nick and I. Um, uh, you have a Rainforest Cafe, a Brass Bass Pro Shop. Like it, it it's interesting that they're you know kind of half-assing it, right? Because yeah. it it seems to be working in big projects like this. You can't half-ass. Yeah. Well, in um, the the Gaylord Opryland Resort, as it's fully called, isn't even the only hotel that this company owns. Mm-hmm. Um, they own, I think, six or seven others. Um, it might be nine. Anyway, um, they own several others in pretty big destinations. They own one in uh, just off uh, Disney World property that's absolutely huge. It's not as big as this one. But it's really big. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost outlandishly so. Um, but, like, they... I think sometime, right, not too long after the housing crisis, mm-hmm. um, they decided, we're not interested in operating these anymore. We're pivoting away from this as a business. Let's just pay someone to operate it. And they... Marriott opened. Uh, operates it now they don't own it which is which is an interesting thing Um, because when you look at at malls and how they continue to struggle uh year over year um obviously the opry land is still open so it's beating a lot of malls in that category but when you look at that it's like why why would you trust marriott right like not that marriott is a sketchy company but their expertise is not in operating a mall of all things well, and it, it, yes, the the mall itself, I think, is operated by okay. Simon, who who runs all of the mills that they didn't mm-hmm. sell off, basically, um, like Xanadu, basically, um, which we'll cover later on, not today. Um, that's a big episode. Um, Marriott just operates okay. the hotel. Right. I thought you were saying they operate um, the uh, the mall itself. No, basically the only thing uh, Gaylord operates kind of directly is uh, the the actual theater itself yeah. at this point. Um, and even then, they don't they don't seem that committed to that either because um, it just seems like they're trying to sell the whole property. There's nothing official about that, but that's just the vibe that mm-hmm. I'm getting. Um, they even went on record. Uh, so the guy who actually closed the theme park, the president of the company at the time, closed it. Uh, he retired uh, the 2010-ish. Um, I don't remember directly offhand. Um, and the the preceding guy, or the succeeding guy, I should say, uh, was quoted not too long after as saying closing the theme park was probably a huge mistake, mm-hmm. um, which makes the mall even more controversial. I'm, I'm sure it does. Like I, why would you say that? <laughs> anyway, so let's explain kind of the interior of this mall because we kind of briefly hit on um the 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 mill style, um. Yes. But I do think there is something to hit there in terms of if you've never been to a Mills Mall. Um, I would because agree. it's 
it's the 80s of the 2000s. And let me explain that, okay? When we think of the 1980s and the nostalgia around the 1980s, you think of a very specific kind of mall that is aged questionably, but it was loud, it was gaudy, right? I'd like to point out, too, by the way, that right. that's not really what the 80s were like, but, you know. Um, but when you look at this, it's bright, it's gaudy, it's just 2000s gaudy. It wasn't 80s gaudy, it was 2000s gaudy. Uh, and I almost get a little nostalgia looking at it. So I'm, I'm, I have a couple pictures, and I'm de- going to describe what I'm seeing. Um, some of the, like, motifs from Mills Malls, and I've been in several different ones is every store has a bright neon sign like bright neon sign. oh yeah um like it would light up most of the corridor that it's yeah yeah and it shines right the the spaces around the mall are large and open all right so like which is great right it's great in the middle of the mall, they'll have several like vent like vendors and whatnot, which isn't exclusive um, to the Mills Mall. But the Mills chain seems to have this fascination with the amount of things that are in the middle of these aisles. Um, yes, every section of the mall, like each of like the, I you know several sections in this mall, are designed extremely distinct from one another and carry some kind of name, right? So one of them might have polished stone floors, large, almost like Walmart ceiling-esque, huge ceilings, right? Bright neon IMAX, you know, things and a bright neon star around there and a huge neon Johnny Rockets sign out there because I've never been in a Mills Mall that didn't have a Johnny Rockets at some point. Oh, I assure yeah. you this one does. Um, but then it's interesting, too, because you transition into, like, the next area of the mall, and just all of a sudden, you have, like, like nice neutral tone, kind of beige carpets, and you know, very elevator music playing, and curved beige ceilings with tasteful lighting that almost is like a chandelier. And then you go into, like, the, the next area, and it's all orange with like lighter orange waves painted on the walls and leaves hanging from the ceiling and it's supposed to evoke the feeling of autumn it is bizarre and nonsensical and to this day i can't decide if i love it or i really really hate it it it's one of those things where if you came across it today it would it feels almost condescending. It feels like over so ridiculously corporate. Okay, so do you know? Um, do you know the? Uh, it's called the Globo Global Homo style, uh, which is a style of art. Sure. Um, like yeah, you think about like when Google puts out an announcement and there's those really awful drawings of like people who are blue and they're all like weird shapes. Anytime a tech yeah. company puts out an announcement, it's those awful drawings you see. Then you're like, this is art. Mm-hmm. It is that, but in architectural form. It is so broken down into weird shapes and colors and this and that. Even on the outside, the building's painted extravagantly with patterns that make no sense. Um, it is that. For listeners at home, if you want an example, 
do yourself a favor and look up Xanadu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Xanadu Jersey. Mall. Not the not, not the uh, 1980 film where they're. Uh, this is yeah. The, if they are. Not with, to be uh, confused with the rollerblading disco um, film of the 1980s. <laughs> but yeah, like just go Google that. And that is essentially what this is. It's 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 when a corporation tries to be artsy and whimsical, but they by nature of being a corporation they, don't know how to. Right. And it's it's one thing to try that and just tell an architect, hey, this is the vibe we're going for. Have fun. But it feels like they were way too heavy handed and like trying to Oh, we can't do this here because uh, it would suggest to the customer, let's not go this way. Let's go this way in a direction that doesn't make us as uh-huh. much money. It, it feels like it's it's form over function, but in the weirdest way possible, that just feels weird. As it a does feel weird as a consumer. Um, it, I, I just, I can't express enough it, until you Google... Mills Mall, and you can Google the Opry Mills Mall. You can Google the Xanadu Mall in New Jersey. You can Google uh, the St. Louis Mills Mall. Take a look, because the other thing that is a, a running theme for Mills Mall is that any store that is not just a small slot, right? So you have your like small slot stores that are most of your bulk. Then you have your medium sized stores, and then you have your big anchors, right? Any medium-sized store or better is allowed to have some sort of, like, design into its little corner, right? So, like, let's suppose in, like, a a corner you have, like, a macaroni grill, right? That macaroni grill can put up fake brickwork. It can put up stonework. Oh, what's that? You Cabela's, you want, like... A mossy covering to the to the exterior of the store in the in the hallway. Yeah, you can do that. Which means that while there is a theme of whimsicalness, there is no cohesive anything because right next to that co- like mossy Cabela's entrance is a giant neon IMAX sign for the Regal Twenty Cinema at Opry Mills Mall. Now, I I actually appreciate what they're doing with that to an extent. And it, it just hasn't worked well. It's been poorly executed. But I like the idea of all of the medium and larger stores have free reign with their exterior. And like if your Rainforest Cafe and your uh like your Bass Pro Shops do whatever you want. It breaks up kind of monotonous mall architecture, which to credit Mills when they were around, they did their best to work around just being a monotonous small architecture um you don't want to i find two different forms of generic mall architecture and it's there's boring mall architecture which is just it's drab it's kind of depressing and it's bland but then there's non-interesting mall architecture where it feels nice but you can copy and paste any of the corridors and it's like i have no idea where i am but it it looks okay and I'm, I'm happy to be here, but I don't. It's not right connected. So you know, it, uh, to better paint a picture again, and, and we'll 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 kind of wrap up the talk on, on the architecture because I think we've hit it. But to paint a picture, I'm looking at a picture you have on your rundown, Nick. All right, 
Uh, we'll call that picture mm-hmm. three, right? Page page three, picture one. Okay. Sure. Uh, I am looking at sure. a, a three stores. Okay. It's in the middle of kind of like a rotunda area. The claim jumper has yep. gray siding and gray stonework with uh, with like natural wood entrances. Okay. So it's like a log cabin feel. Right. On the left hand side, I can't quite make out what the what the so that's the okay. Aquarium so the aquarium rest- restaurant, restaurant on the left side has uh, mm-hmm. a aquarium in the middle of it, but on top of it, and like most of the facade is f- like faux rock work, and it's almost like a Grand Canyon it, kind of red rock. Okay, I well. That picture doesn't quite do it justice. When I was there, it looks more like a wall that you okay. come across when you're but, diving. But still, uh, but still, so you idea. have two very yeah. different. You have like a log cabin and a, a, a rock wall, and then in the back is and I'm going to say that looks like it's it's another claim jumper. Yeah, it's the other side. So right. so that's it's the, the same other side of the claim jumper. jumper, and it looks like a Texas house on a field of blue. Now, yes, uh, it's two very distinct things, but if they had actually put, you know, four or five stores, like, you know, Mm -hmm. smaller stores between them with generic architecture, that would actually work really well. You would, you would get to a point and you would kind of forget about everything else. And then you would just see that and it would be a little more convincing. It's just, it's just kind of, the, the yeah. aquarium effect is just weird. It's kind of overload there. of of so many things going on. It reeks of, in both the best and worst possible sense, it reeks of America. If that makes sense, right? Like it's loud, it's obnoxious, yeah. it's brash, yeah. it's consumeristic. Um, but at the same time, it's like that's kind of, uh, it, it's intriguing, it's exotic, it's weird, and you're just like it. It makes you it it, it now, leaves you interested, is shall we say? Now, in this picture, by the way, uh, well, not quite in this picture, but just off frame to the right of this picture. Uh, I apologize to those of you who who cannot see this picture, but yeah, which has its own entry, I'm sure, its own design. Yes, and it it's kind of weird. When I was there, the front facing wax figure was. Uh, Almost uncanny valley tanny uh, Taylor Swift. Well, t- Nick was she was she still um, hot though? I mean, God, I hope you yeah, play this in your like, class. It was, it was, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so there was so there were some positives, right? We talked about uh, we had open spaces. The entertainment was actually good. I didn't realize you put on here they had a Dave and Buster's too, which is great uh well and i i did briefly have a point in the in the rundown it's really unbalanced yes yeah so so yeah i was talking about the positive but that is a negative i'm looking at the at the at the mall layout okay and you have basically like a trapezoid of hallways and then you have one extension hallway shooting off and then it juts right near the regal cinema and like it just it doesn't have any kind of it's it is it's bizarre and that, I found that was a thing with the with the Mills Mall in St Louis too and maybe it's just a Mills thing but if you're standing at the Bass Pro Shop and you want to go to the 
I don't know, to somewhere in, you know, the purple area. Let's say you want to go to the Nike factory outlet, right? There is there is extremely yeah. long walks between the two. Yes, it's and the the mixture of things is also terrible in this case too, because the yellow area on this map, uh, which is the extended uh, uh-huh. singular walkway, is basically right, all of which the entertainment. Is tr- the Dave and Buster's is down there. The Regal is down there, which is um, detached from where the bulk well, of your actual shopping is, which from where your shopping is, right? And your which food is court intriguing too. because, at least to my architectural brain, right? Architecture has always been a passion of mine, dear listeners. Um, you seem like you would want to put, you know, here's the cinema, here's like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten stores, blah, 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 and then there's your arcade, and then 30 stores, and then there is your Dave and Busters, and then 10 stores, and there's your Bass Pro Shop, right? You want to mix it up because you want to design around the fact that I went to the Bass Pro Shop because it's a weird Bass Pro Shop. Again, if you're not in America, they're like freaking museums. Uh, the if if you're not from America and you come to the U.S., first of all, welcome. But <laughs> go to the Bass Pro Shops. It's it's bizarre. It's completely foreign. Uh, and even if you've never hunted a day in your life, it will be yeah. Nick and I have never hunted uh, ever once, and we have we've no never, desire to. No, and we've we have never no been desire to. People. Uh, no, we don't. And, and neither Pro Shops are people. Uh, there's yeah. one in the pyramid. But uh, you want that because if, if let's say, like I said, the cool thing to do when I was a teenager at one of these Mills malls is you go, I'm going to ride my skateboard and then we're going to like go over the hot topic and then we're going to like, you know, oh, that thing over there was right there. We're going to go to the, the food court, which is right next to it. And, and you that's how you keep, you keep them going to the next thing. And then eventually they've circled their way around the mall, right? And they've probably stopped in and right at the hot topic at the Mills Mall. Heaven forbid. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> shut up, all right? I stuff. had to have that sweet Misfits tea, all right? That I actually, I don't own that one, but I own a Misfits tea from Hot Topic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like the band. Of course, one, you all right? do. I love that band. Anyway, but uh, you like them I mean, before they were cool. The Misfits are always Misfits, so. But the thing is, though, is what it keeps you doing is it keeps you running along this. However, the way the op- the Opryland Mills is set up, the way it looks like to me is I'm going to pop in and I'm going to go to Dave and & Buster's. And instead of I'm going to go to the place next to it, the nearest little store that you can go impulse by is a walk away. Okay, I mean, like... It, yeah, it's so three or four minutes. It, it is a massive distance away. So let's say I'm in the the Mills Mall, all right, and I'm going to the Dave and Buster's, and somebody goes, "Hey, do you want to go hit the Converse Factory Store?" Right? And I say, "Yeah, dude, that sounds great. That sounds sick." Right? As I measure it on on Google, all right, uh, that is about a quarter of a mile away. From from the Dave and Buster's to the Converse factory store. And that's where you go, no, you have to mix that in. I need my aquarium next to my Converse factory store and my Victoria's Secret Pink because that's the impulse buy. 
Right. That's where you're going to really increase uh, your margin per square foot uh, is when you sort of mix in your rainforest cafes and your Dave and Busters with 10 or 15 shops between them because people will walk from one to the other and see and kind of window shop. And as they impulse buy in those window shops, uh, the stores are making more money. Therefore, you're making more money as the tenant or as the landlord yeah. of this and mall. I, I wonder too, because this is early on in the Mills Mall reign, if that's something that they changed up because it was much more varied in in the St. Louis Mills, the American Dream, which is kind of American Dream Mall in New Jersey, which is kind of like the next step of the of the brand. It's the, right. It's what happened uh, it looks like it's much more mixed in as well. Um I wonder if this is just kind of a design blunder when I, you're trying to build these new at the time, very newfangled, you know, entertainment complexes. I, I would put, I would put some weight behind that theory if I was a bet, if I was a betting man. Uh, that mm-hmm. I think makes sense because um, yeah, it was very early in the Mills reign, um, and I, I think their later malls really ended up working a lot better for that although the st louis mills mall to my remembrance was still kind of uneven on the balance it was better but it still wasn't perfect because there was yeah a it was corner of the mall that had the iceplex and the cart or the nascar speed park uh this uh and the, and skate, the skate park, park but the uh, there and was an also opposite. in the corner was the food mm-hmm. court And then I think it also had the movie theater too. Uh, food court well, had the movie theater, but there. you're getting up to like about half the, the mall. Hallway, so. The half the mall took up at that point. Uh, yeah, but you're getting you're getting to about half the mall yeah, at that fair. point. On the other hand, though, it's you also had like been a Barnes and Noble, ten years since I've been Max. there. Yeah. Uh, also, again, I am not That's true. like Those were I am not way. BSing you guys. That yeah. I'm not BSing you, by the way. Uh, it is legitimately uh, 1,261 feet from the Dave and Buster's to the Victoria's Secret, which is over a quarter mile. Um, just, just as a point of contention. From, from the cinema. So, from the movie theater all the oh way. Oh no! To from Madame the Dave and Buster's. The only thing between there. Uh, well, the Dave and Buster's is next to the cinema. Uh, is a Lee Wrangler uh-huh. outfit or uh outlet excuse me uh a subway a nashville store which there's two of in this mall uh an ice cream place and a knickknack shop and a romano's yeah, macaroni it, grill but that's actually like also exterior accessible so i don't count it actually no i don't think it it opens to the interior to my remembrance that, it doesn't. that's that's an odd choice too which is weird. um so from one end of the mall to the From one end of the mall to the other, Mm -hmm. I'm going from about the cinema. So let's say you're at the cinema. and Because this is a thing, too. And we were talking about the weird design of this mall. If if I'm at the cinema and I want to go, hey, let's go to a fun little cafe place, right? Um, Let's go to the Rainforest Cafe. You're better just to repark your car. It is 2,000. 494 feet. You really are. Which is is a half is a half mile. 
Uh, that is it. That's a twenty-minute walk. It, um, yeah, it's from a, one side to the other. It's outlandish. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's ridiculous, uh, and to me anyway, that I wouldn't want to walk that. I I will say though, I walked this whole mall when I was there. It was, it was, it was probably day. a 20-minute walk, was it not? Uh, yeah, it basically was. Uh, 20, 25 minutes. Uh, it was very packed, though. Uh, well, it was kind of around Christmas, though. But it was... So we talked about some of the problems. And we'll get to the positives in a second here. But I want to talk about... There's, there's a couple weird little exclusions from this uh first off and and nick i'm not an apple guy there's no apple store i thought every mall had an apple store especially malls that like seem to be targeting like upper middle upper middle class demographics um which they have a lot of the like higher end brands the the outlet variety but they're they're still the higher end brands that seems like prime territory for an Apple store. I thought, like you said, almost every mall has an Apple store unless it's like, you know, two blocks away from another mall with an Apple store. Uh-huh. But this one just doesn't. And when I was there, I rounded a corner. And I was like, oh, surely there's an Apple mall down. There's an Apple store down here. And there wasn't. And I just kept looking and kept like not finding it because it, it felt like it should have one. Not the and I have an iPhone and like I'm in the Apple ecosystem as it were, but like I'm not going out of my way to find an Apple store. But if I'm a tourist or you know I'm staying at the Opryland Hotel and looking for uh you know an Apple a device charger, I would go to this mall and expect to be able to find one. And like, which which brings another interesting uh, exclusion into the mix when you're looking through this is there is no what I would consider an entertainment store. Right. So around here we have V stock uh, around, you know, the, the America we'd have uh, like FYE, which is yeah. here's your comic books, DVDs, CDs, records, um slackers are popular here in the st louis area but that's not a a national thing but like think of uh think of an fye or like some of the like it's like a bookstore but it's just all forms of media because they do have like comic books and graphic novels there there's not really a nerd store around there the closest you get is a graphic novel it's in me in my experience and maybe it's just because i'm a little bit of a dork those stores bread and butter is in a mall because when you pass a, a record slash comic book slash you know DVD slash action figure store in a mall, I think everybody goes in. Everyone's interested, and especially since uh, geek is kind of in, you know, mm-hmm. and has been for a long time. Uh, credit to Marvel where it's due and the rise in video game popularity. Um, a lot of those stores will carry uh, video games, both older and newer. Um, and I think everyone goes in. And mm-hmm. I certainly do. 
and I about 60% of the time will buy something that I wasn't actually going in to buy. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you don't plan on it, but then you see like a really bad cheesy B, B movie sitting on the old DVD shelf, or you like, oh, this graphic novel's in, or oh, dude, they have a vinyl pressing of the White Stripes, you know, or the Stooges, and you you go get it. If you're looking for a mall, like specifically a mall, like a touristy mall that's located next to huge tourist attractions, uh, that is what you want because you kill time in those stores. Oh, for sure. You kill endless amounts of times in those stores. Uh, I'm particularly notable for almost always finding a very weird GameCube game mm-hmm. in those stores. And those are my favorite experiences in malls is finding those things. And this, the closest you're going to get to this in this mall is a GameStop. Which, like, not everybody goes in GameStops. Even gamers don't really go in GameStops anymore. No, you know? it, most people don't. The only time you really go into a GameStop is if you specifically need a physical game. You're looking for, like, a gift card, and it just happens to be the nearest one. Like, the nearest mm-hmm. place that would carry that if you need to get, you know, your Game Pass or whatever, and you don't want to auto-bill it. Um, you're really interested in pre-ordering something for whatever reason. Uh, don't pre-order. It's just a general rule. You shouldn't. Um... Or uh, you're trying to buy, like, next-gens. Yeah. Those are the only times. Yeah, which, I mean, not all of those are mall-related, but I I don't know. I just think it's weird that we don't have a a multimedia store, like I would would call it, you know, like an entertainment store. Yeah, I agree. Um, There was one other that you brought up, uh, specifically as it pertains to the food court. Yes, uh, now, Nashville, uh, for those of you who are unaware, is in what I would consider the Deep South. Um, I would just say South. I would say Deep South doesn't become Deep South till you hit the Alabama border. But carry on. I, I'll, I'll hear that argument. Um, but they don't have a Chick-fil-A. And that's like, it would be like if they stocked Pepsi. It would yeah, just be it, weird. It, it is weird that it doesn't have a Chick-fil-A. Nick, you're in Lexington. Right, correct. Which I would consider is just as south as Nashville. Okay, maybe culturally south. We'll say yes, culturally south, similar, similar to Nashville. Nick, how many Chick Fil A's are in your nearby vicinity? Uh, I can think of three that I'm almost walking distance to. Right, Uh, and I don't know if you guys have a mall in Lexington, but there's probably a Chick Fil A in the food court, right? Yes, there is. I've eaten that. Um, <laughs> and you know that because Chick-fil-A is down south, and, and that's the Lord's chicken. We all know that. It's the Christian they're chicken. Ubiqu- they're ubiquitous, right? They're huge. And here's here's the kicker, Nick, is any time uh, before St. Louis region started getting them, any time I was down south, Nick, do, do you know one of the first restaurants I'd visit when I was in the south? It surely can't be Chick-fil-A. It would be Chick Fil A. Whoa! Because because if I'm up north, if I'm from like you know, it, 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 you have to remember there's not too long ago that St. Louis didn't have any Chick Fil A's, and I hit them regularly now. But it, if I was down south, I'd be like, oh, we're in the Chick Fil A, we're in Chick Fil A zone, and I'd go to Chick Fil A. And if I'm a tourist from the New York area, right, and I'm going to the Opryland, okay, 
mm-hmm. which uh, I'm trying to think of a single New Yorker who'd be down for the Opryland. That seems like a weird dichotomy, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> if I'm a tourist and I'm going down south, man, from up north, I'm, I'm a Buffalo native. Boy, there's a Chick-fil-A right there. Let's go. Right. I've heard so. It, it, similarly, all right? Um, and I'm not putting these two refer- restaurants on equal scale because Chick-fil-A is better. I was in uh, Utah a, a couple months ago to go snowboarding. Do you know what restaurant I passed? And I was like, dude, I am in their zone. I have to go get this. It, I specifically went out to go get In-N-Out. Oh, I didn't know they were that far east. Yeah, well, I was slightly surprised too. But when you see it and when you're in that territory, you're like, I got to go. And yeah. Chick-fil-A is a similar one, and I it puzzles me that it's not in this mall. You know what I think, it's slightly off topic, but you know what I think should be included in this uh, I'm in their area, I have to go type of feel? What's up? Taco John's. Yeah, so to me, there are the big four, and then Taco John's is like the big, is like the, the hidden fifth. It's the MLS to the big four sports leagues. Right. The big four of regional foods that you have to get while you're in the area is Culver's, Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out, and, uh, and Whataburger. Okay? Sure, Sh- sure. Um, I would say the fifth is actually Shake Shack, but New Yorker... I think not, not they're many- getting big enough. Yeah. We have one here. Yeah. Not many people are tuned in to Culver's, but Culver's is a, is a local upper Midwest thing that's really good. Um, but those are the big four. And then Taco John's is the, is like the hidden MLS of the fifth. There is one in Nashville, by the way, it's attached to a loves, uh, which I find weird, but so, so Taco John's in Nashville, <laughs> but Chick-fil-A is not in Nashville. That's your takeaway from this podcast. <laughs> let's, I agree. Let's, let's stop. Let's stop slagging off this mall, Nick. And let's talk about the pros of this mall. The pros of this mall. So, uh, we were talking about the architecture earlier, and I, I said that it was uninteresting, which sounds like a negative, but, uh, and I'll say this again and again, uninteresting in mall architecture is not bad. It's not the boring same as boring. is bad. Yes, it, those are two very different things. Boring malls, bad. Uninteresting malls when done and executed correctly are very good the, the way, and it's close mm-hmm. it's close on that the way it, i would say i would put this out there is I, I i'm a movie buff right and if if you aren't going to be good right there there's two ways a movie can be entertaining which is good really good so good it's good and then they're so bad it's good, right? And sure. movies that are just atrocious, and you're like, these are hideous. You get, uh, you you entertain, you're entertained, right? Right. Most of those movies attempt to do something and fail, and for that reason, I respect them more than a middle of the road, um, generic Marvel flick. Right, not that I dislike right. Marvel, but like you didn't attempt anything, so you don't get those points. This mall attempts to be interesting, but it fails, and therefore, or it attempts to be visually pleasing, shall we say? Right? Yes, sure. And it fails. 
It does. But because it makes an attempt, I respect it more than generic mall that is also like Captain America 3. Does that make right. sense? Like it, it does. And I respect it more than generic mall that is the equivalent of Thor the Dark World. Why? Because Thor the Dark World was paint by numbers and it was bland and it was boring. But Batman v Superman might have been a hot pile of trash, but it tried to do something. Yes. Now we're we're not calling this mall Batman versus Superman because I find that would be offensive to Simon Property Group. Yeah. Um, but it tries to I, do something is the key. It tries to do something, and it it gets close, and they still can do it. It's not you know too late. It's not something that's inherently wrong with the mall that you would basically have to rebuild it to do. Um, but it can still be done through renovations. Um, letting some of the larger stores... Um, kind of figure out their own exterior architecture yeah, and spreading them out better with the smaller stores. Uh, malls can be pretty flexible with where their walls are when they want to be. Um, and so I, th- I think you can still work with it a little bit. Um, I think, I think you could work with it. Um, and also again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm slagging this off. Um, when you Go if you haven't been to a Mills Mall, the first time you step in, it is legitimately fascinating to look at all of the weirdness that goes on, and every time the hall turns and twists or gets to a new section, it's an entirely new, different visual style, and that is kind of wonderful. It's just that some of the visual styles are ugly as heck. But in the same way that Las Vegas is ugly as heck because it's gaudy and it's over the top and it's bright and it's neon that, and it's in your face. What makes it not work is also what makes it work. Yes, I agree with that. And it's actually a really good comparison to compare it to the, the kind of the Las Vegas strip of malls, if you will, where the architecture, none of it matches uh, and there's almost nothing between them to make them flow together and it's big and it's in your face but somehow that's all working against itself but it's almost endearing it it is in a little way and i i can't decide if i want to separate that from the nostalgia i have going out to the to the mills mall with friends but it it does take you to a certain kind of place and time and uh here's it is Here's a good test a for you. It. Here's a good test for you with this. Do you remember uh, when we went out west as a family? Uh-huh. Uh, we went to that mall in uh, Tempe in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That was a Mills. Yep. Yeah, and you could tell. You could oh, tell. absolutely! It reeked of Mills, and it was, and it was even owned. It had been owned by Simon for a few years by that point, so they kind of left their mark on it already. Mm-hmm. But it still had that underlying Mills-esqueness. Yeah. Um, that Mills vibe, if you will. Um, that is almost impossible to get rid of. Um, it, it, and it, it, it is. It's, it's easy to tell a Mills mall. If you haven't been to one and you're kind of curious as to what we're doing next time, you're in a big city, go try and find a Mills mall. The, the thing about Mills Mall 2 
um, is that they don't when they're when they're still functioning, the selection of stores is good, and that is a big bonus. No. Oh, it's huge, um, and we we've or at least I've seen. I don't. You've not been to another Mills Mall in a, quite a while, but I've seen both sides of this this dichotomy where. Um, the Opry Mills is still being operated and cared for uh, by Simon Property Group. Um, and their selection of stores is pretty good. It, I think it's missing a couple of headliners, um, the Apple Store notably. Uh, and it, like we said, a, a kind of an all-encompassing multimedia store like an FYE. But, but then you get ones like um, the St. Louis Mills, I think the Pittsburgh Mills too, that were basically just left to rot and let developers do with whatever they or let someone else deal with because they weren't they were on the edge of being profitable and then the financial crisis happened um and it it's kind of sad to see that happen but um the the mall the mills malls that are still living are fantastic still um does they they kind of got picked up out of their own crisis and invested a lot of money into them by Simon. Mm. And uh, they kept a lot of the good retail around. And that's, you don't see that a whole lot in the mall industry anymore. No, uh, you, you don't. And that, I think well, most still functioning malls, like a good chunk of them actually legitimately are Mills malls at this point. Mills are other Simon properties yeah. that they already owned. So um, one of the other uh, bullet points that you have, and I haven't been to the Opryland Mall, but this is very true of the Mills Mall in St. Louis. There's the Mills Mall out in, in Tempe. Uh, there's one, I wanted to say I went to one in Chicago area. I'd have to double check. Big open spaces. Now we talked about huge. how the architecture designers don't, like it, they tried something that didn't really work with the, the, this, like the design and the theming. But they really did get the big open spaces. They nailed it down. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's when I was there, I was there in the Christmas ish of 2020. It was way more busy than I was comfortable with, but I had I needed to go. I wanted to know. Um, and those big open spaces really helped. Um, the food court was. It felt like it was probably you know 40 feet to the ceiling. Um, and it, I wonder if I can figure this out on maps, but it, you know, it felt a good ways across and it was just, you know, all open dining. The hallways are very, very wide, you know, probably maybe 10 or 15 people across, um, which is a very arbitrary measurement I recognize, but, um, it, it helps um how can i explain this it makes them all feel bigger than what it is and that's important because at the end of the day even if you're not the you know the mall of america or the west edmonton mall you want your mall to feel big but not warehouse ish you know what i mean there's a balance there right you want it to feel spacious but you still want like you still want it to be kind of intimate and like familiar, you know? Uh, and they've all of the Mills malls I've been in have done a really good job at figuring out 
the balance of that. Even this one, which was pretty early in the mill's life cycle, um, they did a really good job at knowing where to add a lot of space and where to keep it kind of tight so that you know, so that it feels right. And so you're comfortable. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, is it gives it a sense of opulence. It gives it a sense of place. And, um, one of the things that I, I think is interesting is that it feels much more freeing, right? Because you really do, and the way that the, not the buildings, the way that the shops are kind of positioned and the way that the, not the buildings, the way that the shops are kind of positioned, um, right. where you don't really notice the ceiling all that much because it's tall. Uh, and the shops all have this unique kind of pizzazz to them that we described earlier. It does feel like you're almost on like a, a, a street in some senses. It does, and I, I think that's intentional, and I applaud the effort they put into that because they're trying, with the design of the storefronts, it seems like they're trying intentionally to guide your eyes down the hall as opposed to up, which is kind of a natural thing to do when you step into a building is figure out where all of the walls are, including the wall, air quotes, wall that is above you. Mm-hmm. Um that's kind of a natural thing to do. Um, but the way they've designed it is to keep your eyes moving forward and into the hallway so that you don't think about the roof above you and it feels a little more open air. Despite being, in some cases, in places with some pretty harsh winters. Uh, St. Louis, Chicago, Nashville not known for great you know, warm winters. Is it? I, I have no idea, man. I do not know the, the temperature of Nashville. All I know is that the freaking fake hockey fans. That's right. You heard it here first, folks. Wrap up the podcast. <laughs> uh, so, Nick, uh, as we kind of wrap up, up the podcast, um, I want to ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you putting the Opryland Mills? Scale of 1 to 10. So, I'm going to give it provisionally a six mm. okay a five and, and a half and you st- five and a half and, and you're like i am for the record for the lows listening you are like i am where um a, a, a one is bad but a five is exactly middle of the road which means a 10 has to be the greatest model i've ever bleeping seen absolutely five a uh, five and a half six is nothing to sneeze at uh, right. And they're not that far away from being maybe a seven um, where, you know, if they do the right, if they invest the right money and fix the architecture a little bit and the actual layout of the mall, they could really, they could really improve. Um, but they aren't obviously there yet. And I'm, I would be interested to see what they do with it. Um, Five and a half seems good. I well, it seems uh, seems fair to me. Um, it's middle of the road, but it is interesting. So, if you're ever in the Nashville area, visit the five out of ten <laughs> mall. <laughs> Just recommended. Uh, Nick, I had a blast with you, man. It, it's always a good time, you know. Yeah. So it's a good time so, to chat about malls. 
you do love that too much. <laughs> okay, that that's fair. Well, we will talk to you next time on Arcade Archaeology. See us in our next class.